Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi, mom. How's it going? Hi, Ellen. Everything is fantastic. Yeah? Mm-hmm. That's good that you can say that during these troubled times. <laughs> um, <laughs> today we are going to be talking about Rock Bottom Girl by Lucy Score, and later we are going to talk about comfort reads and comfort binges. But first, mom, what have you been reading? Ellen. I made a list. Um, oh my goodness. Because they all have very similar names and I never would have remembered them all. Yeah. Okay. We had the um, luxury of not having to read a book last time when we did uh-huh. our live podcast. Um, so I actually got to read a whole chunk of a series, which I was very excited about. The last yes. time we were together for a full episode, we had read Magic Bites by Alona Andrews. Um uh, and we liked it okay, but people had said that the books got better. So I thought, Improved okay. upon. Yes. So I um, thought, okay, I'll give it another try. So I ended up reading Magic Burns, Magic Strikes, Magic Bleeds, and I'm in the middle of the fourth, the fifth one now, which, I don't know, Magic does the dishes. I can't remember what the name of the <laughs> is. I'm thinking it's not that. <laughs> well, you know, well, they're finally together, so <laughs> maybe it is, you know. Anyway, um, anyway, then I read, and I read Rock Bottom Girl by Lucy Score for our show today. Perfect. Well, we did have a lot of extra time, um, but I did not read. <laughs> I, I I used the week off, I suppose. Um, I did start Crush the King um, by Jennifer Estep, which is the third book in the Kill the Queen series that we previously started on the show. Um, and I love the series, and I'm liking the book. I just, I don't, I've, I've been not. You've been what? You've been what? What have you been I've doing? I've been not feeling the reading, I guess. I don't know. Um <laughs> So anyway, and I kept, I would start it and keep falling asleep, which, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird times, mom. Okay. Not all of us are handling it as well, well as you are. What were your excuses before we had COVID-19? I always had something. <laughs> you do. You always have an excuse. Yeah. Thank you. Um, well, today we are going to be talking about Rock Bottom Girl by Lucy Score, which I did read. So back off. Okay. Um, I would also just like to say that when I tell people I read four books a month, they're like, geez, Louise. And I'm like, yeah, I guess. Yeah. When I tell people I read, I read 120 books last year, they're like, what? Yeah. And, and I, there's people who read a ton more than we do. So yeah, I'm a very slow I get reader, nothing so. but flack from you for not yeah. reading, you know, extra books. So And honestly, I could read off. more. My husband's home a lot more than he used to be, especially now. He's home all the time. And I don't get as much reading done when he's home because he wants me to do things with him. Rude. With him, which is lame. But um, uh, so I can't just like go back, go to bed at 6.30 at night and read. Which is what you usually evening, do. If he's which is what there. I used to do. <laughs> but I do when he's not home. So Rock Bottom Girl is a standalone book that came out uh, like almost exactly a year ago. Um, and we previously discussed her book, uh, Worst Best Man, which I believe I recall we 
liked. I don't know that it was quite a love, but we liked it a great deal from If Memory That was serves. the one where it like was crazy bonkers in the beginning, and then it kind of switched. And some yeah. people really liked the beginning and not the end, and some people really liked the yeah, end and not the beginning. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Remember that. Um, so here's the back cover description. Um, downsized, broke, and dumped 38-year-old Marley sneaks home to her childhood bedroom in the town she couldn't wait to escape 20 years ago. Not much has changed in Culpeper. The cool kids are still cool. Now they just own car dealerships and live at McMansions next door. Oh, and the whole town is still talking about that homecoming she ruined her senior year. Desperate for a new start, Marley accepts a temporary teaching position. Can the girl banned from all future Culpepper High homecomings keep the losingest girls soccer team in school history from killing each other and prevent carpal tunnel in a bunch of phone-clutching gym class students? Maybe with the help of Jake Weston, high school bad boy turned sexy good guy, when the school rumor mill sends Marley to the principal's office to sign an ethics contract, the tattooed track coach, dog dad, and teacher of the year becomes her new fake boyfriend and alibi for a price. The deal? He'll teach her how to coach if she teaches him how to be in a relationship. Who knew fake boyfriend... Uh, who knew a fake boyfriend could deliver such real orgasms? But it's all temporary. The guy, the job, the team, there's too much history. Rock bottom can't turn into a foundation for happily ever after, can it? And then it says, warning, story also includes a meat puke, a bouffanted nemesis, a yard swan and donkey basketball, a teenage orchestrated makeover, and a fake relationship that gets a little too real between the sheets. <laughs> Which I just thought was funny. Um, okay. I like the meat puke. Meat puke. Yeah, that's good. Um, Mom, what did you think of Rock Bottom Girl? Well, I think I was on the verge of love until about the last 10% of the book. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll still say, I think I'll still give this book a love. I really, 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 really liked it. But then, yeah. oh my gosh. Yeah. So I, I want you to remember that I said I loved it because I am going to get heated about some stuff there There's towards some stuff that the I end. had yeah, some problems and, with too. Um, but I guys, did really like it. Probably yeah. borderline loved it. It's just. Yeah. Uh... yeah. So I need you all to remember that we both really, really, really liked it or loved it. And so when we get ranty about some things, um, you know, just remember that. Um the pop culture references are on point here. She has a lot of like throwaway lines that cracked me up. There's just a lot of a lot like, of funny stuff. The banter was really good. Yeah, I love yep. the banter between her and him. Mm-hmm. There's um, like the donkey basketball was funny. The the yard swan, the Hofstetter party, and then the hangover aftermath was all really funny. And I love um, Amy Joe, you know, getting hers and all that. I mean. There was just yeah, and we'll talk. We can talk about that. But I also liked Amy Jo getting hers, but then also, like, kind of coming around a bit and right, right. Female I mean, I solidarity. So much about the story, really, really liked, and just really had a fun time reading it. But there was a point there where I was just so frustrated I could hardly see straight. So yeah, and Mom had warned me, and I texted her, and I was like. Oh my gosh, why is she the absolute worst right now? I said, there's a part that really bugs me. And, and I was like, I don't know if I'm there yet. I was like, you'll know when you get there. Yeah. Um, okay, mom. Let's talk about Marley. 
Okay. Let's not get into specifics about the conflict, but we can get into specifics about like her hopes and desires, which I, I also know okay. kind of. And I think there's other stuff that you're going to ask me about later. Are you going to ask me about teaching later? Yes, I am. Okay. Then I won't get go into that too much either. Okay. Um, because I did have my feels about the teaching stuff. situations in this book. Yeah. And truly, if a PE teacher's ever read this book. I'm sure they hated it. So I'll just leave it at that to when we get to that part. But um, I really liked Marley through 95% of this book. Yes. Likewise. <laughs> um, yeah. And I mean, I got, I would get frustrated with her because she kept, she like had this ideal job and this ideal life that she kept focusing on. And it, mm-hmm. first of all, to me, it didn't appeal to me at all. I mean, this whole wanting to be some big wig with a corner office and, and an assistant yeah. and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. I mean, none of that appeals to me at all. But, yeah. um, you know, I get that some people want that. And I knew that she was going to change her mind. I mean, that was her journey. And, that, and I understood that that was going to be her journey. So I didn't let that stuff bother me too much, even though I thought it was stupid for her to focus on that stuff the way she did. Mm-hmm. But I realized that that was going to be the journey of the book, was her realizing she wanted to come back to her hometown and be by her parents and be with Jake and yada, yada, yada. So I didn't let that stuff frustrate me too much. My frustrations came much later. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I um, I I really liked her. I I you know I can commiserate with like a woman in her thirties who sometimes feels like she still is not like fully an adult. Like I I feel that. Especially, I don't know. I think part of like why I tend to feel like that is just because all my friends have like four kids and stuff, and I'm just like, yep, I live in an apartment still with my dog, and <laughs> you know, I don't know. Um, but um, so I like I got all of that. Um, I couldn't. Okay, here's here. So I, but okay, I'll, let me go with the good. Um, I thought she was a lot of fun. I, I did really like her journey to becoming like a better coach and a teacher and, you know, eventually getting to the place where she realizes like, you know, dreams and things like that come in all different sizes and doesn't have to always be like, you know, what well, her sister had. Well, and I liked had. her journey of um, she kept wanting to make a difference in the world and, you know. To think that maybe being a teacher wasn't making a difference, that's a little harsh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or being a coach doesn't make a difference. Um, you know, she, I mean, she came around. She she figured it out. But uh, to not even see that from the get-go, it seemed a little, you know, blinders to me. But yeah. Um, but I thought she was funny. I really liked her sense of humor. I enjoyed reading her. I, I really liked her. Yeah. The other thing is that um, I I struggled a bit with her besides the conflict. Um, I mean, I don't want to sound <laughs> insensitive or, you know, and I, I'm not going to, I'm, what I'm about to say, I don't believe it doesn't and can't happen, but she kept, she wants this like high level executive corner office, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, homegirl. You're 38 and have done nothing to, like, show the trajectory of that. And I don't know. It's not it's not like it would be like me saying, you know, I want to run a movie studio, you know. (laughs) Now make it happen, world. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like 
And I, yeah, I hadn't seen much effort on her part to do that other than just hoping it like falls into her lap. Well, and we didn't have a huge history of all of her different jobs and things, I guess. Yeah. So maybe there was something back there that would propel her to that. But yeah, I, didn't I just feel like there was. Yeah, I didn't feel like she had like put in the work to be expecting that to happen. And I didn't feel like it was because it this thing that she wanted was always so nebulous that I was like, I don't even like, and you know, luckily Jake calls her out on it at the end, but he's like, what do you want? Like, what does that mean? Like what you want? She's like, I don't really know. And he's like, exactly. So, (laughs) well, and I think she kept seeing what her sister had and, and wanted something like that, but she hadn't, like her sister had worked really hard to get to where from point A to point B, where she was kind of all over the place, but wanted to be at point B. And, you know, it, it didn't make a lot of sense, but. Which, you know, as as someone who also, like, has flitted a bit and stuff like that, like, that's fine. But I'm also not expecting, like, my life to have a corner office in the future or anything like that. But also, I just don't want that, so. I, I don't know. It never appealed to me, but, you know. Yeah. I'm yeah. sure there are people out there who really want that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, but, like I said. She's a, she was a lot of fun. She has really good banter, not only with him, but like her and Vicky were a lot of fun. Um, her and her parents yeah. were cute. I really and liked Vicky and I liked her parents a lot. I mean, I liked all the side characters were yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, okay, mom, what did you think of Jake? Oh, Jake. Oh my gosh. I loved him from word one. <laughs> First of all, I love the name Jake. So yeah. I, I just loved so much about him it was yeah he's wonderful and i love him he was he was wonderful like that whole the bad boy reformed bad boy gone good guy was like yes and you know he's a dog dad yes yes thank you um that was the best part about going that's always the best part about going to dog parks is like checking out the The hot hot guys with dogs yeah I'm not, I'm not opposed. Um, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot really to say about him because his, he, he doesn't have like the journey that, um, that she does, obviously. Um, but I always loved how like supportive he was of her. And, um, I loved, you know, towards the end when Amy Joe and Xenia are like, he loves you even when you look horrible. Like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> you need to stick with that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he was, he was, just he was dreamy. Great. And just yeah. the description of him, a runner's body, mm, mm-hmm. and, you know, the tattoos, and, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not usually a tattoo girl, but just the way that, yeah, yeah I know. But, and he's funny and sweet yeah, and sweet. just all of that. And, like, him with his uncles and stuff was cute. Yes. And I even, you know, liked the fact that he was kind of a slob, but, you know, he pulled it together. Yeah. But, you know, when you live by yourself. Uh, Yeah. Don't. I'm looking at my kitchen right now, and. (laughs) I don't even live by myself. (laughs) Uh, Let me tell you, living by yourself and not leaving your apartment ever. Yeah. yeah, That's it. It lends to some uh, slovenly tendencies. Let me just say that. Um, okay, mom, 
What did you think of the teaching aspect of this book? Did you have a Mrs. Gergovich that you worked with? <laughs> I think I might have been Mrs. Gergovich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the lady who wears cardigans but has, you know, a secret romance podcast where she talks about sexy times all the time. Yeah, well, <laughs> I think I shocked a lot of people that I worked with with some of my... Yeah. Yeah, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause, well, let's just say I'm not afraid to talk about anything. No. <laughs> and so, She's not. you know, we had some interesting conversations around the lunchroom or the teacher's lounge. And a lot of people would be like, wow, really? I, I didn't know you were like this. I'm like, well, what can I say? Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> um, the problems I had with this book and the teaching was... First of all, the fact that she could just walk off the street and be this fantastic teacher and that you don't have to hardly do anything to get a teaching credential and and um, the fact that PE doesn't To be really fair, have... Mom, like, because you taught in California. I did. And we discussed I... that, like, some of the rules could be different in other states. They can be more lax in other states. I was telling Alan things like, you know, in California, you can't do a long-term sub job, job longer than 30 days without them having to switch things up a bit or well or with just an emergency credential you can have a different kind of credential and then you can do it but um anyway but the big thing was the fact that they talk like there's no real curriculum in PE which is not true there is quite a bit of actual PE curriculum that we have to teach and it's probably even more so in high school where they you know have where it's like its own class and it's, it's like its own thing, yeah. And a and daily thing. So, you know, they kind of were flippant about the whole teaching aspect of it, which kind of made me go, but, you know, I could get her being, you can be a coach that you don't have to do anything to be a coach. I mean, you don't have to, I don't want to say don't have to do anything, but, uh, but to actually teach the PE class. Yeah, it was interesting because um, I had you for the teaching aspect, and then I have a really good friend who is a college uh, soccer coach for, like, the women's team. And so I kept thinking about, like, I wonder what what my friend would have to say about that, or I wonder what yeah, <laughs> mom were, has to say about that. There were there were things that made me go, ugh. Um, so but, I didn't have the same reaction to the teaching aspect. I did have a hard time buying into their contract that yeah, they had to sign. I've never heard of anything like that. And it wasn't just a contract where, like, you can't date a coworker. Because trust me, I know all kinds of saucy stories. I should probably share some of those sometime. <laughs> My saucy teaching stories. Um, but uh, a contract that says... If you're going to date, you have to date for at least this long. So the kids well, don't. Well, and that it was originally a year, but they let them get away with a semester because <laughs> she was temporary. Which it just seems, really? That seems really weird Well, it seems me. like something that they would not be able to enforce in seem, any way. Or legal in any way. Yeah. So I could get them. I mean, we had situations where, like, teachers who had certain... Um, like MySpace, or because I'm going back dating, dating my teaching career. Yeah, we had teachers who had MySpace or Facebook pages that they had to change to private or whatever because kids were getting on and seeing pictures of teachers, you know, partying and do you know you know what yeah. kind of picture, pictures people post. And yeah. so we had situations like that where um, teachers had to get called out on stuff like that. But um, 
we've never, I've never heard of any kind of. I mean, you know. it worked well as like a plot device right. for the it worked book, a, obviously. A plot device for the story, um, and I get that. And it made and that I've more heard fun. like disclosing it to HR, and you know, having to be professional right. in your behavior with each other in the workplace. And I would especially think that that would be the case at a school. Um, right. But yeah, I I did not buy into like the you have to stay together for a semester at least, and it's like. But, like, do you get to decide that? Like, that's strange. Um, but, yeah. Um, anything else you need to say about the teaching, Well, No, I was just going to – just to share a story. When I was student teaching – so this is before I ever even started really teaching, but I was student teaching at a certain school that had multiple student teachers at the school. And I was student mm-hmm. teaching with a male teacher, which is fine. <clears throat> and I had friends who were in my credential class who were student teaching – with a female teacher at the school. Well, it turns out the teacher I was teaching with and the teacher they were teaching with were having this affair because she was still married and he was just recently divorced. But they were, I don't know about an affair, but I know they were boinking sometimes in the parking lot. But anyway, (laughs) he would never say anything and he was never the kind of, he wasn't at all the kind of guy that I would think, oh, you know, because he was, you know, middle-aged. Yeah. You know, he wasn't like a sex god or anything he was just a (laughs) regular old teacher and um but she would not shut up about what everything that was going on and she was telling the girls that she worked with all these stories and they would come back and tell me and then I'd have to go to work with him the next day and (laughs) pretend like I didn't know anything (laughs) so there's a little bit of yeah don't touch me but (laughs) I'm just gonna go sit over here (laughs) but then one time we went out um we had a, there was a bachelorette party that we went to and she was there and this was after I actually started teaching at the school. So I was an actual teacher by this time and she got drunk and she was telling us stories that I was like, no, 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 my ears are bleeding. Stop talking. I don't want to know these things about him. I have to work with this man. <laughs> I, I remember that vaguely. <laughs> yes. So that's just some of my teaching exploits. There you go. Um, okay, mom, let's talk about the conflict and that last 10% that you were talking about earlier. So just to, you know, recap, um, she gets a job after she loses this game that was going to propel them into the next tournament or whatever. And, um, and so she just decides that that's her sign. And, that she needs to continue on and not stay in Culpepper and not stay with Jake and instead, you know, leave and go do whatever it is the hell that she's been planning to do. So, and so she breaks up with him. She breaks up with him, leaves these girls that she's been working with and had gotten super tight with. Yeah. And was just going to walk away from the whole thing. Because by this time, the principal had offered her the job permanently. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I can't let these girls down I can't here was my first of all she grew up playing sports did she honestly go to this thinking that they were going to win every single game and she was never going to lose anything because one loss and she was just this basket case I mean truly just broken because that's that's the part that like I want to like send it to my friend and be like read this book and tell me what you think. (laughs) Um, My friend who's the soccer coach, because um, 
yeah, it just happens. And, yeah. and it was even, even said, like he said, did you think you were never going to lose a game? What yeah. did you think was going to happen? And it just seemed so unrealistic because she'd already gotten because they were in the they'd gone to the districts and they were in like the state finals or something. And yeah. they lost a game in that. And it's, and they and so then they got. Yeah. So they were and out she of the said, tournament. I just couldn't see their hurt faces. It's like, well, yeah, they're going to be sad that they didn't win. But it doesn't mean they're mad at you for being a bad coach. It just means they're sad they didn't win. Yeah. And it's like everybody's been saying, like, this is a team who hadn't won a single thing, like, last year. Yeah. And you got them to a place where they were in the districts or whatever. And um, and so it's like, oh, my gosh. I mean, like, to be honest, it seemed, like, really childish to me. Yes. And I'm like, I'm like, honey, you're 38 years old. <laughs> like, why are you, like pouting because you lost a game yeah like and a game my life is so horrible and i've got to cry for three days and break up with my boyfriend and leave because <laughs> everyone's wonderful gonna boyfriend <laughs> everyone's gonna think i'm a failure here and i'll never and it's just like oh my gosh really this is where yeah. you're going after one loss yeah it just didn't seem feasible to me i couldn't buy it well and also i mean this had been like an issue earlier in the book, but it kind of like culminated here. But um, where she, I feel like she thinks that everybody is like fixated on this, on like her high school days, like way more than she is, which is always the case. I mean, like, so when you're in high school, you think like, and to an adulthood to a certain extent as well, but like, your problems are the biggest problems in the world. That's like, that's and the... Everyone can see your problems and think that you, like to, to you, you feel very self-conscious about those yes. problems. Yes. And everybody is, you know, aware of your weight or the way you dress or whatever, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then you get out of high school and grow up a little bit and realize... Nobody gave a shit about what I was wearing. <laughs> Nobody, you know, like... I remember going to my 10-year reunion. Was it my 10-year? Maybe it was even later. Maybe it was my 20-year. I can't remember. But it was one of those later ones. And I remember walking in and being in this room full of high kids I went to high school with. I mean, all these people I went to high school with. And I remember thinking, wow, you know, in high school, I would never talk to this person or this person because they were more popular than me or they were more. I mean, I had a, a big group of friends and I had a lot of fun in high school. I'm not going to yeah. act like high school was the worst part of my life. But um, there were people there, though, that I would never consider even approaching because of, you know, they were in a different group. They did different things. They had a different yeah. lifestyle. I mean, all kinds of things. Um, but I was in this room thinking, there's no one here that's better than me. I'm as, I'm as good as anyone else in this room, and I can go talk to whoever I want. <laughs> I remember yeah. just thinking, you know, I... Yeah, I, and, like, I've always... I mean, like, I've always kind of struggled with... Um, like identifying with high school stereotypes and like the mean girls thing. Um, I mean, we had, so, we had some girls at my, at my high school that I think thought they were like the popular girls, but the rest of us didn't care. Like, right. Right. I don't know. And, and so like the whole like clicks thing, I never like witnessed in my high school. Well, I would and, say there were definitely clicks. Like they were groups that hung out. Yeah. Together, but yeah. They weren't, as um segmented and like yeah. like 
vindictive like against high each other. Movie you see, they yeah. always talk about. Well, this group does this, and here, like in Clueless, or in yeah. uh, even like Twenty One Jump Street, and that you know they've got yeah. these, all these different cliques and groups, and it's like I never. Yeah, there were goth kids, but that doesn't mean they never talked to the other kids, or there was, you know, popular kids, but that doesn't mean they never interacted. I mean, like, I had a lot of friends who were in the, like, popular kids group, I guess you would call it, but, yeah, um, like, I didn't go to their parties and hang out with them at parties, but at school, I would talk with them, and... Yeah, same. Yeah, and so... Yeah, so I I could never... I ne- I am never able to, like, fully buy into the whole, like clicks the not i get you're, you're right clicks are a thing but um i don't know just the whole like segmented population that they always portray in high school and i don't know if it's it's maybe it's a bigger deal at more affluent high schools because we went to very middle class high schools i don't know if you know yeah yeah i mean i don't know i don't know that mine was you're saying we went to affluent high schools? No, I'm saying we went to very middle class high schools. Yeah, okay, 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 there we I'm go. I'm saying maybe it's a bigger deal in more affluent high schools where you've got... Yeah. I and, I, and I can also see it being a bigger deal in small towns. Smaller towns. Yeah, I can see that. And, um, but I don't know, especially because she went away for a while. Like, I can't... Because I did the same thing. I, I went away. I mean, and there's kids I went to high school with that still all hang out with each other and like I see pictures of them all hanging out together and I'm like oh that's interesting that they all still hang out with each other um but especially like going away after high school like that gives you even more of a sense of like none of that shit matters like you know (laughs) and um so she was just so fixated on like what happened in high school and Amy Joe and I get and like I she does get to the point where she just doesn't care what Amy Joe thinks but she's she's very she's very still focused on like insecurities from high school and like I mean the insecurities at I had in, at well, 38 and, like, years old I mean okay so I'll say this the insecurities I had in high school are still like pretty much the same insecurities that I have now but I don't know I feel like I cope with them better now than I did then and um, well, I'll just say this I thought I was fat in high school I wish I was as fat now <laughs> as I was in high school yeah I mean I'm the same but <laughs> and you know I've got wrinkles and stuff and gray hair and things like that now that are coming in and I'm like well that I guess it's all downhill from here um so I know I don't know anyway so I always was having a hard time you know I don't know, buying into somebody who's that hung up on stuff from high school and um, thinking that people care that much yeah. about, like, something that know. happened Maybe 20 years ago. Maybe it's a small ago. town thing. I don't know. Yeah. Going back anyway. to a small town and running into people that you... Yeah. But I, th- I think the thing that pissed me off the most about the conflict was her reaction to losing the game. And I'm yeah. like... And so I really loved the letter that Libby writes to her yeah. where she, she writes this. She's, she's like, you and your selfish downward spiral are forgetting about all the good you did this season. And it's like, yeah, this is a selfish downward spiral. And even, you know, even when she reads all those notes and writes apology notes back to all the girls, she still hasn't like snapped out of it and realized like, yeah, it doesn't matter. And like, 
yeah, you can still make the decision that you want to leave, but you shouldn't leave because you lost a game. I can't, I just can't believe that someone who's played sports at all, ever, and she did play sports through high school, mm-hmm. soccer, mm-hmm. that she would, re- you know, get that hung up about a, losing a game. It's just a game. I mean. Yeah. I will say the communication from both of them was like pretty lacking in that last part. I kept getting frustrated with, um, she kept hinting at like, oh, and you did that thing in high school. And he would always be like, what thing in high school? And then they would get interrupted. And I really have to talk about that in another. Yeah. And I really wanted him to be like, okay, back to that thing that you were saying, because this seems to be talking about a sticking point. Like, what are we referring to exactly? Because it turns out that, you know, when he dumped her for Amy Joe in high school, none of that was real. Well, I, I, I mean, obviously we knew from the beginning that, I didn't realize that him asking her to homecoming was a fake. thing for her. No, was oh. a fake note. Okay, but I knew for a fact that the one at telling her he didn't want to go with her, the fact that she couldn't say this seems a little odd to me because Amy Joe doesn't seem like his type at all. Yeah, and I no, I as soon maybe it's just because I've read enough of these books where conflicts need to, re- to be resolved, I knew that both of those notes were going to be from Amy Jo. So. Well, I, well, I at least knew the last one was from Amy Jo. And it just seemed like something that she would have, you know, said, oh, that, you know, that time you asked me to homecoming. And we said, what? I never asked you to homecoming. That seems yeah. like something they would have said pretty early on in this Again, it's, it's all things that, like, you know, people who care about high school are still going to bring that up, and people who don't are not are like going to be well, like, oh, remember she that? Did keep, she did keep bringing it up, and she kept playing it in her own head about he's just going to dump me again. That was twenty years ago. Why on earth would you think for a second that he's going to do anything like he yeah. did in high school? Yeah. Um. The other thing, because and I even highlighted it in the book. I saw that you highlighted. <laughs> I know exactly what you're. What did say. she do as soon as there was a problem? She, she turned, turned off her. her and I wanted to just scream at her and yeah I you know yeah she did a lot of things that were frustrating (laughs) I mean yeah I I was very frustrated with her towards the end and um, and one real quick thing back to the teaching thing Um, (laughs) what kind of school so there's a weekend and then they go to school for a Monday. A Monday. Yeah. <laughs> and they have I the was rest all... of the week off for Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I, was like, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> I mean, so our district, I think, does like, you get Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off, right? Or maybe Thursday, Friday. Well, my Friday. district had, um, we had parent-teacher conferences on the Thursday and Friday of the week before. And then we had the whole week of Thanksgiving off. So it was just kind of a fall break kind of thing. Which was yeah. great because then you go back to school for like two or three weeks and then it's Christmas. And I was like, yeah, I, I can make it through three weeks. <laughs> yeah, I think when I was I think when I was in high school, we had Wednesday, Thursday, Friday off. But yeah. we went to school Monday and Tuesday. But you were in a different district than I was. So. Yes, I was. Um, yeah, so all that. I mean, the thing is, is that while all of this is frustrating the hell out of me, there's still... I'm still enjoying the book. Like, I really liked all three of them up in the tree. Like, 
drinking and smoking. I really liked that. And then falling out of the tree and her showing up on his doorstep with a broken And I knew for a fact it was going to turn out that Zinnia and Amy Jo were going to tell her, look, our lives aren't as great as you think they are. I knew that that was going to end up happening. But um, especially once Zinnia came home without her husband, it's like, yeah, they've got, there's trouble in paradise there. Yeah. Um, Anyway. uh, Yeah. But that was what I had a quibble with. I really enjoyed the book. Yeah. Yeah. But anyone who knows us at all would know that these things are going to suck us. You you all, in fact, when we get to the listener comments, you can tell that people are anticipating (laughs) the fact that Marley is going to piss us off. (laughs) Um, And it's kind of funny. You guys get us. What can we say? Um, Okay, let's talk about me. It's, yeah. It's pretty good mix of, like, hot and mom-friendly. And, like, they they start, I mean, like, they hit it, and then they, like, keep hitting it pretty regularly from the sounds well, of it. from the sounds of Jake, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I love how all the girls, like, <laughs> like are trying to live vicariously through her <laughs> and um, need details and, and things like that, and it's funny. Yeah. Um, what was your swooniest moment? Oh, gosh, I forgot about my swooniest moment. Um... You go first. I'll think of one. Okay, good. Um, I have a quote for mine. It's right after they have sex um, in the back of his car <laughs> in the yeah. field. Um, and I wrote down the I wrote down this line because this was my swooniest line. Um, her makeup was smudged and she was happier than I had ever seen her. I did the only thing I could do. I tumbled off my bachelor pedestal face first, hitting every step on the way down. This was going to be a freaking disaster. <laughs> And I just loved how, like, quickly he fell and how he just, like, he doesn't call it out out loud, but, like, in the dialogue that we're getting for him, um, he's just like, yeah, I love her. I'm going to marry her. And, uh, you know, she's great and all this stuff. And I just loved that. I mean, I just thought he was super swoony. Well, there was a lot of swoony things. about him. He was just a sweetie Just like dude. how supportive he was. Like yeah. he was always showing up at her games and. Well, um, and the watch that he got her so he could send her little messages during the yeah, games. And so cute. There was just a lot of swoony things about him. And, and he says a lot of things like that. Like the quote you just read where he's just like, oh, I, I've got it bad. I don't, you know. I, yeah. Anyway, you know, I'm going to marry her and that's all. Oh, there was one where uh, when he tells her that he wants her to marry him and and she's just in her pissy mood and it's like he wants you to marry him what is the matter with you (laughs) and i love she's like marriage you think about marriage she's like well i did until you just shrieked out loud (laughs) in in response to it yes after i asked you a sec couple seconds ago (laughs) yeah I, i i just thought he was great um, let's hear you. There was a lot of, uh, listener feedback on this one. So let's just dive in. Cause it's going to take me a second to get through all of it. Um, Sarah said, Sarah was one of the huge champions for this book. Um, she said, I loved this book after seeing it recommended in various book groups. I finally read it last year and it was probably my favorite read of 2019. The writing style kind of gave me Mariana Zapata vibes. I would agree with that. It's yeah. like, it's a bit longer and more in depth and, um, 
and it's sports. <laughs> yeah, and sports. Yeah, and and then she's and she says probably because of the humor, sports, and slow burn. Yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> that'll do it. Uh, she's like, it's got tropey goodness with a second chance romance and fake relationship, which is a fave. It was also really refreshing to read about a couple who are quote unquote older. Yeah. And when I say older, I mean not mid twenties. They're not old. They're my age. Anyway, five <laughs> stars. Um, yeah, I also liked that and I liked that they have a conversation where it's like you know what do you think about kids and it's like I don't know I mean you thought about it you're yeah. 38 and you haven't thought about whether you want kids or not <laughs> whatever okay but we'll go with that I think I think some people though just get to a certain age and then they kind of have to tell themselves it may happen it might not happen so I have to kind of be happy either way mm-hmm. do they <laughs> is that a thing <laughs> Megan says I loved this book, too. It was recommended to me in the group, I think, by Sarah. Yeah. Uh, I read it back in January, and it hit me at just the right time and turned out to be my first five-star read of this year. I don't usually love second-chance romance, but this was just too swoony and yet hilarious. It wasn't, like, soup. I think because they didn't have, like, a bunch of baggage, you know, like, from a long relationship. They had just kind of, like, kissed, and it didn't go anywhere. <laughs> that I wouldn't call it a second-chance romance. Yeah, I didn't quite see it as second chancy um anyway uh megan continues um i usually get annoyed by main characters who tend to stand in their own way but lucy scores writing made it work see i would agree with that like she is so much in her own way and it was so frustrating but i think her writing just still like i said made it enjoyable um and then Megan says, I love that they were 38 and Jake is a total dreamboat. I was going to marry her. Really, I had no choice. Marley Cicero was meant to be mine and I was meant to be hers. We would hash out the de- details later. <laughs> Stop it. Come on. How can you not love that? Yeah, that, that was also a line that mom and I had highlighted. Yeah. Megan, so good choice. Um, Elizabeth says, I loved this book. As the wife of a later in life teacher, I can say that the author really understands the profession. Oh, she disagrees, mm-hmm. mom. I disagree. Um, <laughs> I was reading passages out loud to my husband and we were both laughing. This is a great book for anyone at a crossroads in their life who needs to believe in the happily ever after and not just in terms of romance. Also, does anyone remember the nineties movie ladybugs? This reminded me of it, but far less problematic. I don't remember Ladybugs. That was not, that was a blind spot. being a movie. A thing, a movie, (laughs) but I don't know that I ever saw it. Um, Jen says, sweet baby cheeses, which I also uh, love. We highlighted that. Yeah. Um, She said, I love this book. Jake and Marley are a great couple. I love Marley's sense of justice and how she fights for the little guy. Jake freaking Weston is one of my favorite book boyfriends. I love how he's such a caring teacher, supportive of Marley, and still has a touch of bad boy. All the side characters are great, too. I loved Vicky and Jake's uncles. This book had me laughing out loud in several places. The only thing annoying me was the conflict of the story. However, the resolution was hilarious, and the epilogue makes me cry every time. I'm a huge Hamilton fan. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I used to, yeah. I, just so you guys know, because I taught fifth grade, and I taught American history, and I had some clean versions of the Hamilton videos on YouTube that I would show the kids and they loved them and so I would use them as like rewards it's like okay if you guys are really good we can watch a Hamilton video before we got to recess and um the kids would really get into it and they loved Hamilton I was like mom all of mom's girls were like walking around the playground going work (laughs) work (laughs) 
<laughs> I've been reading Common Sense by Thomas Paine. <laughs> um, Milena says, Lucy Score is one of my favorite authors. She writes romances with great characters and lots of humor and heart. I really liked Marley and Jake and that she was a little older than most romance heroines. Seeing Marley grow right alongside the soccer team was so sweet, too. Yeah, I really liked, like, the interaction. I was getting, like, kind of a Bad News Bears vibe with right. less, less drunkenness and anger. But, um, I don't know, just, like, her interaction with the team and kind I of this ragtag group. I thought something more would come from the girl that she kicked off the team and, you know, her mom who had harassed her in high school. And I thought there would be something more to that. that. Like, yeah. that she would want to come back on the team and um also that men's coach was a dick oh yeah and i glad i was glad to see him get his yeah and um and i loved uh well i loved when her mom threw the soup at him and i loved her parents like little signs that they would make <laughs> yeah. well and i loved that she threw the soup at him and then he turned around, he's like who did that and everybody hated everybody's him so like, much that no one's like i i don't know i didn't see that. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about um cassie says i don't think i'm gonna finish this book in time but i'm absolutely loving what i've read so far it's delightful and exactly what i need at this moment um yeah this was a really good book for read. like when right I, now when i opened it and it was 530 pages and i texted down i was like it's a 530 page book you better get on this because <laughs> it yeah. takes me forever to read a 500 page book but um but it went really fast first of all it was 81 chapters so yeah, like, it was like I have a feeling there's a lot of blank space in the in the actual book book, and yeah. um, uh, but it just went fast because there were so many little chapters in it. Yeah, well, and it it it, you know, it's like dialogue heavy and it's yeah. engaging, so that always makes it yeah, go by it faster just, too. Yeah, it was a fun read. I yeah. mean, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, um, Paige, I'm in the middle of this book and really enjoying it. It's made me laugh, and that is so important right now. I mentioned earlier, but the narrators are fantastic, and usually I don't like audiobooks. Jake's voice is so nice. Oh, I'll have to uh, check that out. <laughs> she says, I always make sure I use the audiobook for his chapters, LOL. <laughs> uh, good, good, good call. Um, there's not enough of his chapters, though. That's true. Um, Nara said, like Cassie, I don't know if I'll finish in time and I'm loving it so much. Great book. I've, it's been on my TBR since it came out and I'm glad I'm finally reading it. And then she said, finished, loved it. Great side characters. Mars is a lovely mess and Jake is so swoony. It reminded me why I miss teaching teenagers. You can always be a bitch to them. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's my problem. I, did, I wasn't a teenage teacher. Yeah, that's true. Um, Lori says, I had heard so many great things about this book. I bought it a few weeks ago and had just finished reading it when the spring reading list came out. I really liked so much about this book, but I think I'm the minority since this wasn't a love for me. I absolutely adore Jake. Best book boyfriend I've read in a while. Yeah, he could be a contender yeah, for... Yeah, I really liked him too, a lot. Yeah. Well, first um, of all, he put up with all of her shenanigans. Yes. Um, she says, and the supporting characters were all awesome. Every last one of them. But I struggled with Marley. I liked her just fine most of the time. And during the whole donkey basketball episode, from how great she was to evil Amy Joe to her willingness to embrace the ridiculousness and joyfully laugh at herself, I could totally see what Jake saw in her. But books with a hot mess heroine can be hit or miss for me. And I found Marley's big breakdown to be insanely frustrating. How could she not see Jake's declaration and the principal's job offer for the big neon signs that they were? Yeah. Yeah, yeah those were your neon signs. Good freaking point, Lori. Um, 
If she'd had a specific goal in mind, I might have understood her obsession better, but she was ruining these amazing opportunities for some vague dream job that she couldn't even identify in terms more than it being something that made her feel important. However, I was happy she eventually got her head out of her booty and figured it all out. The resolution was ultimately satisfying and the epilogue was pretty fantastic. Lori, I think like same, same mind girl. Cause like that's same basically exactly where I land. I was well. so frustrated and I, and I couldn't, cause I was reading ahead of Ellen. So I couldn't even text Ellen and say, Oh, she's driving me crazy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, singular male listener Jason says, I have to say that I loved the book. People living in past and letting it get in the way of the future does annoy me, but I was able to overcome it and really enjoy this read. Um, Aaron says, I really love this book and agree that Jake is fantastic. He was sweet, supportive, and encouraging. Marley, I had some issues with. I loved her character 90% of the time. <laughs> Aaron, yeah. But at the end, ugh, I didn't love that the only way for her to finally appreciate everything good going on in her life was to see that her sister and Amy Jo were both miserable. I really wish her character growth could have come about a different way. Yeah. I would agree with that. Yeah. Like... Like, you have seeing, to tear people down in order for you to feel good yeah, about yourself. Yeah, seeing other people miserable. <laughs> that shouldn't be the way that you feel good about yourself. You should be able to yeah. feel good about yourself regardless of what's going on around you. But, um, yeah. but it was I mean, I think, I think that you can look at other people and, like, and I did like the comment that her sister and Amy Jo say where it's, like, that's just social media. Like, yeah. social media is the highlight reel of, of your, I you know. Even, I even highlighted that line. Yeah. In the book. But, um, yeah. And I so I that think was... that's an important realization to come to, but I feel like someone who's 38 should have come to it sooner than, than yes. that. Yes. She was very, there were things about her personality that were very kind of self centered and immature for yeah. someone who was 38 years old. Yes. I, I would agree with that. Um, Allison says, uh, I love this book. It has made me giggle out loud a couple of times so far, so I'm, I'm not quite done yet, she says. All these people that say I'm not quite done yet, I'm like, oh, you're getting to the part that pissed me off, so let's see how you feel. <laughs> um, she says, I love that the characters are 38 and 40. I get tired of reading about 23-year-olds. So this is my first uh, Lucy score book, but it won't be my last. And then Allison followed up and said, I just finished the book and enjoyed it right to the end. I liked the reality at the end and the message that we can all be important in some way. Yes, I would agree with that. Um, Catherine says, to be honest, it's hard reading a book set in high school when I'm here at home and haven't seen my students in four weeks. I might need to hold off on finishing this one until later. But in case this isn't common knowledge, I want to share that... Uh, teacher relationships are notoriously common. It's a real life trope. At my last campus, especially a significant portion of the people on campus were married to people they met at the school. I do want to keep reading, but I think for the time being, so much of what we like and what we're up for reading will be based on timing. And sorry, this book, it's not you. It's, it's COVID-19. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. Yes, that's how I feel. Um, she said, also, would you rather have your childhood nemesis for a neighbor or an angry goose? <laughs> it was a swan. <laughs> a swan. It's a swan. Um, yeah, I don't, I wouldn't want either. Well, honestly, I think I would rather have my childhood nemesis because I feel like, because every swan that I've met is a dick. <laughs> How many swans have you met? <laughs> a lot. They're like notoriously like mean birds. I also just don't like birds. I'm just going to come out and say they were it. ugly ducklings. The, um, uh, I do want to say that I liked the fact, 
because I was reading the book thinking, oh, it's going to turn out that Amy Jo and Travis have a miserable marriage. I like the fact that they didn't, that he yeah. really, really Well, because I was worried he was going to, like, start hitting, hitting on, on. Yeah, and I didn't on, want, I'm glad that that didn't happen. Yeah, I was afraid too. it was going to happen, but I'm glad it didn't. But um, I liked that uh, he's like, well, she's different at home. She's not like that, you know. Yeah. Because Marley was like, how can you? She's so awful to people. And it's like, yeah, but she's not like that at home. I think he could have called her out on some of the crap that she does. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I was glad that their marriage wasn't a big problem. However, and I think the whole thing about her feeling like she needs to look a certain way to keep her husband, I think that's in her head. I don't think it's necessarily yeah, something I that agree. her husband has pushed. In fact, I almost wanted like a scene where like when she, when her and um, Jake went upstairs to like, hit it, um, you know, for makeup sex. I was like, no, I want to see what the husbands say to, yeah. <laughs> to um, Zinnia well, and Amy Jo. Or in jo. the epilogue, have, like, Amy Jo show up in jeans and tennis shoes or something and just, you know, and her hair pulled up and her husband just still thinking she's fantastic. Yeah. Okay, Deborah says, you know how hard it is uh, to stop reading a really good book if you start reading in the morning before moving to your work computer? The pain is real. <laughs> yeah. Um... <laughs> She says, thoroughly enjoying Mars and Jake. They're funny and make me want to keep reading while putting off the end. Uh, Jennifer says, I read it last year. I remember being pleasantly surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Marley was a bit thick at times with her intent to stay, uh, with her intent on her stay being short term. But I guess you need some conflict somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Cassie says, okay, I just finished this book. It started out super strong, but I felt like it lost a little bit of its magic towards the end. I was annoyed with Marley's inability to appreciate what she had. I liked that Amy Jo was redeemed in the end because I really don't like one dimensional bully women slash girl characters. Overall, it was a very funny and, uh, it was very funny and lightened my mood and was definitely a great book to read at this time. I loved her, her, um, Sister and Amy Jo drunk in the back of the car when she's trying to make up with Jake. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, kiss him. <laughs> and Amy Jo, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. <laughs> and then uh, finally, Natalie says, I finished it. I really liked this one. Maybe even loved. The epilogue was everything I want an epilogue to be. And I loved the emphasis that small lives are important too and have impact even if they are not out saving the world in obvious ways. I loved that the hero and heroine were older and I just loved all the side characters. Vicky was hilarious. I loved her parents and Jake's uncles, Floyd, everyone. I just have to say, though, that if my boyfriend mandated that I run every day, he would not be my boyfriend for much longer. (laughs) Good thing I'm not a soccer coach. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. If you showed up at my house at 530 wanting to go for a run, I'd be like, well, you have fun with that. <laughs> Catch you on the flip side. Um, yeah. And I, I loved like when he said, you know how to run, right? And she's like, yeah, you pant, you know, move your legs around, <laughs> puke from exhaustion, repeat. I'm like, yeah, that's basically my experience with it. Um, Mom, final thoughts on this book. Well, you know, as usual, I feel like I've dogged on it. I really did enjoy it. I really, really, really liked it. Maybe even loved it, but I got super frustrated at the end. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, I'm the same. Um, So those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on Rock Bottom Girl by Lucy Score. 
We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter, which is at Not Your Mom's Rom. Uh, that's also our Instagram. Or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we'd love to hear from you. On April 13th, we'll be discussing Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne. For now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be talking comfort reads and binges. So stay with us. It's time for a break. It's time for a break. The break is when we do the news and mail. And if you were with us for the live episode, you got to see a live rendition of the break song, which you know there's a lot of arm movements It's very jaunty. (laughs) Yes. Um, Speaking of the live episode, we had so much fun doing that and um, really loved... Even though I was having a really hard time keeping up with all your comments, um, we had a great time, and it was just fun to do something a little different. And now we're on episode 101, which is crazy that we've done a hundred of these things. <sighs> the, um, I did try to go back and read through all the comments afterwards, and mm-hmm. things that we didn't get a chance to comment on during the live episode, I tried to comment on on the Facebook page. So Yeah. Um, join the Facebook group. I think that's, um, we actually had someone write up about us on a little, on a list of like podcasts to check out during quarantine, um, which was very nice and I, I loved it. But um, she made the comment that like the Facebook group is really where the action's at and really what makes us more like a book club than a lot of the other podcasts. So um Join the Facebook group. Join in on the fun. That's where most of the stuff is happening these days. So do that. Um, And then, Mom, I'm going to turn it over to you, who you have the – you're doing the drawing for the reading challenge for March. Right. And the reading challenge for March was Badass Heroines, was that? It was indeed, which if you read Magic Bites with us, I think that definitely – well, I read several books that fit into it. I think. Um, well, I think. I mean, like to define a badass heroine, it's all you know. Right. I told. Well, I was even because I was messaging with Jessica on Facebook, and I said um, this was a pretty easy one because most heroines in in romance books have a tendency to be kind of badass because yeah, in their own way. Maybe yeah. if it's not even you know. I also read the. Um, I was called Deanna Rayburn. Yeah, Deanna Rayburn. I always call it the Curious Beginning series because I can't remember. <laughs> but um, and the heroine in that, Veronica Speedwell, she's pretty, she's pretty badass too. So, so there you go. There you go. Okay, I'm actually doing actual drawing right now while we're speaking. Oh my gosh! And the winner is. I have it written down here. Uh, Jessica Peck. Okay, Jessica. Hey. Did she win before? I'm always worried no, that I'm she has pick. not. I'm always worried. Ellen remembers these things. I do not. I'm always worried I'm going to pick the same person again. But Jessica but. is, you know, she's a an avid Facebook grouper, so. Yes. Um, it's a different Jessica than the other Jessica. The one that's running the competition. Yeah. <laughs> we have lots of Sarahs, lots of Jessicas. Lots it's of- true. We do. Um, okay. That's really all we have for the break. So. Yeah. yeah, go join the Facebook group. That's the long and the short of Do it, it for, for this time. post. All 
right. Especially now, it seems like there's a lot of action on there while everyone's home. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a good time to join. <laughs> yeah. And Sarah's doing, like, a really fun, uh, like, 30-day challenge thing. Right. That has been fun. And yeah. um, Jessica with her tropes and... Yeah. Yeah. We got a lot of stuff going on. It's not always, it's not just me and Ellen. There's other stuff, yeah, people it's doing true. stuff on too. It's, in fact, most of the time, it's, we just yeah, comment it's on It's really mostly. not us. We just go in and comment on everybody else's fun stuff. <laughs> um, okay. So we'll see you on the Facebook group and we'll see you for the next break segment. Thanks. Welcome back. So during these troubled times when we're all home a lot more, not always by choice necessarily, uh, (laughs) we thought that we would talk about comfort reads, some comfort binges, what we look for in in those things. um, And yeah, just uh, kind of what we go to when we want something that's slightly more comforting um so mom let's start with books what what do you have as comfort reads what do you look for in a comfort read well I um like I can't just read what I want to read yeah so yeah, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to say you know oh this is this is a troubled time and we're home a lot so I'm gonna read this because I can't do that because we have our schedule for this mm-hmm. and um however I have turned in the past I've read the um uh Winston Brother books obviously multiple times and even if I don't a lot of times I'll just okay I'm not going to read it but that's what I'm going to listen to when I'm in my car driving around but even that I'm not driving around that much anymore so yeah um you know it's uh that's a comfort just because I love Tennessee sex voice. I don't know if you guys have noticed this about me. Um, but a lot of times I'll just have that on in my car. It's like, this is what I'm going to listen to while I'm driving. Um, so that's always a comfort for me. Bridgerton's I've read mul- multiple times. So that's a comfort for me. So we, we had this question during our um, live episode. I think it was Emily asked, you know, for like comfort reads and things like that. And I said, my go-to thing is I tend to go to rereads. I tend to go to books that um, I, I tend to not pick up a new book when I want a comfort read. Right. I go to Bridgerton's, Winston Brothers. I also tend to go to a lot of the books that I read in high school. I, I don't know. There's just something about those books that, you know, kind of got you excited about like a genre or books in general that tend to... Um, See, I love to read in high me. school, but I'm in such a different place in my life now that, well, you know, I remember reading the Lord of the Rings books and loving those. Um, I obviously didn't read romance when I was in. Like, See, I, I was re- I was reading books that a 15 year old shouldn't read when I was <laughs> a teenager. So, so. so they're still good for you now. So they're um, pro- they're more age appropriate now than they were when I was 15. I read. Um, uh, I remember reading Amityville Horror. I remember sitting in algebra class with my algebra book. This is so, like, in the movies. I had my algebra book open, and then I had my book inside of it so I could read my Amityville Horror book. Plus, I, I went to high school times, in the 70s, so, you know, everybody calm down. And um, so I was doing, you know, your typical, uh, which is probably why I got the great in algebra that I got. But um, 
<laughs> yeah. I've seen mom's report cards from high school. Let's just say I, remember, I was the best student in my family. <laughs> I remember finding one of my old report cards, like, when my mom was still alive, and looking at it and thinking, these are not very good grades. I mean, it wasn't terrible, but it was like C's and like a lot of C's. And I said, Mom, why didn't you push me to do better? And my mom was like, well, we thought you were doing the best you could. <laughs> I thought, oh, that's a little disappointing. <laughs> And I seem to remember you showing it to me and saying, don't show it to your brothers because <laughs> they'll, they'll use it against me. Well, I was average. I was average. What can I say? Yeah. I'm fine with being average. Um, yeah, that's anyway, a good adjective for you. We went, um, we went off, totally off the rails there for a second. Um, anyway, so back to binge comfort. reads and th- comfort reads, things I like yeah. to comfort read. Um, I know I've reread uh, Duchess Deal a couple times. So there's some books yeah. that I just really enjoyed. Who wrote who wrote that one? Is it Tessa Dare? Uh, Tessa Dare. And then okay. I've read the Sarah McLean, The Fallen I've Angel. I've read the Sarah McLean books a couple times. We call it The Fallen Angel, but it's not. It's Scandals and something. Anyway, um, I've read those a couple times, too. Um, I love Pippa's book. Anyway, so there's just some of those that I just... Like, it's fun, or that it reminds me of a time that I was, you know, things were good and I was happy. So it's yeah, books that I read at a good time in my life. I like to read them again because it kind of reminds me of those feelings that I had that, huh, those kind of warm, fuzzy feelings. Yeah. Back. Yes. Um, yeah, and I think, I think that's another part of why I go back to the high school books sometimes. And also, it's just, I think it's kind of fun to go back to, like to the high school books because it's just like nostalgia kind of in its own way, you know. And, and you can see what a slutty reader you were when you. Yes, were in I high was. School. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, you were. <laughs> I, yeah, I was. Um, but then also like comfort reads. Even though like I love Longshot, I'm not going to go to Longshot for a comfort read. Right. So it needs to also be something that is. You know, maybe a little sweeter, more funny, like not a lot, hating not game. Not real angsty, just kind of fun. Yeah, and you want like the bantery ones, you know, so like Hating Game and Winston Brothers and all those are like well, hating game. good I candidates keep forgetting for that. about Hating Game because it's not in a series. I think that's why I always forget about it. But I love, love that book. I need to give 99% mine a, a reread. I loved that one. Um, okay, Mom, what about. So both of us have been doing some comfort binge watching. Yes, we have. Lately. Um, so what do you tend to go to for a comfort binge? Well, and like what type of show is it usually going to be? Ellen and I love anything that's funny and has a will they won't they. Yes. Those are Which those is, are the, those are the things that we love. Yes. So I've been rewatching Psych. And then that got me wanting to do it. So I also have been rewatching Psych. I'm in season four, though, where it's really ramped up between I'm Sean in and season Juliet. three. Um, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is in general, like my friends know this about me, but I'm always going to watch, want to watch a comedy. Like, I don't really get into, like, This Is Us. I've gotten into Grey's Anatomy and stuff like that before, but that's not, like, a go to for me. Um, I, but comedies are like my, my jam. Um, I'm kind of like a comedy nerd actually. 
And um, so I will I will usually pick to rewatch a favorite comedy series rather than watch, you know, a new show that everybody's raving about, which is why I'm watching Psych right now and not watching Tiger King, which everybody else wants me to watch. I watched a um, couple episodes of Tiger King and I should, it was a little too bonkers for me, but I might go back to it without your dad. Your dad really, I don't think was on board. Yeah. Um, see, and that's another problem I have. So we've been binging Homeland, yeah. which my husband is all up in that. He loves it. I think it's okay. Peter Quinn isn't on it anymore. So now it's like, I don't really like anybody else on the show. <laughs> I don't like Carrie Matheson at all. Um, so it's, and we just finished a season. And I'm like, let's just take a break for a little while. <laughs> I said, and watch some psych. Yeah. Well, we finished season seven and they're in season eight right now. I said, why don't we just wait till season eight is finished? And then we could just binge season eight and then we're going to be done with it. Um, I'm not into it anymore, but you know, I got to do what my husband wants to do because we come, we're a package deal. Um, and he watches psych with me and the other thing, and it's not, I wouldn't say I binge it, but every now and then if I've got a half hour, an hour to kill, I'll say, eh, let's watch a Rick and Morty for, <laughs> let's go in and watch a couple of Rick and Morty. I have some that I could well, watch so many times I can almost quote them. So I, I also have this thing about me where I get really obsessed with something and like all I want to do is watch that, even if I've watched all of it several times, like when we found Dairy Girls, I literally watched that show all the way through like five times back to back. Like I think I did three. One was yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah. Um, I so that's one I think I could count as a comfort. Um, Mystery Science Theater is a comfort oh, binge definitely. for me. Um, we watch a lot of Mystery Science Theater. Yeah, I Parks used to watch. Back in the day, I used to watch Mystery Science Theater like when it was first on. Back on the days when it was in Comedy Central. And I would record them on a VHS tape for my husband. Remember those? <laughs> for my husband, who was overseas during Desert Storm. And I would send them to him. Like I'd tape four or five of them or whatever, however many the tape would hold. And I'd send mm -hmm. them to him and then they'd watch it over there. Um, but I loved that show. And um, I then, still love that show. And Ellen followed in my footsteps yeah and um it's my go to sleep show i put it on especially now that i've seen all of them so many times like i it's like i just put it on and it like gently lulls me to sleep um other ones i office is a good one uh parks and recreation is one of rock. my 30 rock is one that i've been going back to i love that one um happy endings which is a show that oh. we we love, love happy endings. And it got canceled way too soon. And if you have not seen Happy Endings, you definitely should watch it. Um, I don't know where it is these days. I own a season on, on uh Prime. I own all of it. Well, I own it all, too, on discs. Those are yeah. round things that you have to put in a DVD player. <laughs> Which mom doesn't like doing anymore. I don't. I don't like mom, getting out of my chair. Mom will just like, I want to watch this movie that I own on DVD, but I don't want to get out of my chair, so I'm just going to buy it on Amazon again. <laughs> Shush, you're not supposed to tell my lazy secrets. <laughs> um, but yeah, comedies. Okay, and then another comfort binge that does not fall in the ca com comedy category would be... Pride and Prejudice, Five Hour oh, Pride and Prejudice. 
Um, We've binged that so many times. North and South. Yeah. North and South is one that I was thinking. Like Anne of Green Gables is one that oh, I've watched I'll that go back time. to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so maybe not comfort binges, but there's a lot of like comfort watches where I'm like, you know, I just want to watch You've Got Mail or While You Were Sleeping or Clueless or Wayne's World or just these movies that I've oh. seen like thousands of times. But it's just Anchorman. like... That's what I need right now. That's what my soul needs right now. Your dad and I were just watching Dodgeball on uh, HBO. You and go. you know what? That movie's hilarious. I it don't care who we are. <laughs> um, so anyway, I'd love to hear what some of your guys's are uh, binge-wise or comfort-read-wise. So maybe I'll start a post on the Facebook group and just, you know, hear what everybody's up to in terms of needing some some solace in these times um i'll also say uh over on the twitter in fact i need to put a post up today um i could sense because i do live by myself so um you know it's just me here all day long and i could sense that i was i i've i've gone through certain like bouts of depression in my past before and i was sensing some like warning signs that maybe that was a Bruin again. Um, so I decided that I like wanted to set myself a challenge where I was going to do something like every day that was, um, you know, something other than sitting on my couch. Um, so like I've been listening to my cheesy music playlist in the shower and singing really loudly. So just stuff like that. And then um, kind of recording it over on the Twitter feed. Um, and it's been recording helpful Recording you singing to me. in the shower? What? Recording you singing in the shower? Yeah. I think, I think you should do that. <laughs> yeah. I should. It's, it's, I've, I've got good pipes in the shower. I'll just say that. Um, but anyway, and some of, uh, some of the listeners have joined me in doing the challenge. I'm calling it the self-care and teen challenge. See what I did there? Um, <laughs> And anyway, so I'd love to hear what you guys are doing to kind of stop yourself from going crazy during all this. Um, and, you know, if you do feel like you're going a little crazy, you're not alone. We're all kind of, I think my brother and I were talking about it uh, a couple nights ago. And it's like, I feel like that two week mark was just like killer <laughs> for a lot of people. Um you know, wow. like the patience is wearing thin and I think it's going to yeah. go on for a lot longer. So we just need to, I know that, um, yeah. also if you have recommendations for binges, I would love to read what your recommendations are. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, let's just all support each other during this time and share, you know, thoughts and feelings and binges and comfort reads and, you know, we'll, we'll get through this. It'll be, it'll be good. And luckily we're all readers. So we're all easily entertained indoors anyway so um thanks so much again for joining us and again if you would like to join us on april 13th for our discussion on love lettering by clay Cayborn, Clayborn, you can subscribe on itunes google play stitcher spotify and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free you can also find us on twitter and instagram at not your mom's rom or on facebook or goodreads or email us at not your mom's romance book club at gmail.com don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show and we just love to read them. Okay. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. All right. See you next time. Bye.
Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.